Ladies and gentlemen, we're here for the season finale of the Crashing After Show that I thought was going to be just a season finale, though we learned this is in fact the series finale of the Crashing After Show. We've got plenty of thoughts about season three, episode eight, Mulaney. We'll be telling you about them right after this. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the final after show for Crashing. And Elena, you know, I'm glad you're here to do it with me. I'm glad I'm here, too. I didn't know it was going to be the final, final. I know. You started the show, like, last week. I know. (laughs) That's all you get. Um, That, of course, guys, is the voice of my brilliant co-host, Elena Jordan. Elena, so glad to have you. And my name is Jeff Graham. And this is it. This is it. This is this is this is the final episode, you guys. The announcement, the announcement, (laughs) it is in fact crashed. (laughs) The announcement came on like Wednesday, which is or maybe Thursday, which is crazy because, you know, it didn't give them much time to process before airing this finale. But Mm -mm. I guess it's nice. It at least gives the viewers some finality when they're watching the episode. Um, finality to the finale finality to the finale we'll be talking a little bit about the news of the cancellation later in the show i found a really nice um article in the new york times about it that i want to read some quotes from but of course we'll first talk about the episode so how about we do that right now elena how did you feel about the series finale of crashing oh i know what's rough is because this is the series finale i really want to hype it up because i really love the show yeah but I just was not a huge fan of this episode, honestly. I I thought that several things leading up to this episode were going to be to kind of play with different stereotypes and tropes and then break them mm-hmm. kind of in a way that most HBO shows do. This one I felt leaned into it a little too hard. It got a little too unrealistic for me. Yeah. And I just I, I felt like because we've seen the caliber that this show can be, I expected more for what the finale ended up being. I agree. I mean, we've talked so much about how this show is constantly surprising. Even the middling episodes do things that we didn't see coming. Unfortunately, it did feel like you mentioned it was sort of tropey before you went on air. It did kind of feel like it was hitting all the familiar beats of an episode of TV that would be like this. Um, It did. It felt kind of like it was... Almost going back to early kind of episodes where it's like, all right, here's the formula for what you have yeah. in a sitcom. Make sure we hit these. Be- I mean, even down to the minute mark, like broken up into the thirds and to the three right. acts of it that then ends with that kiss with the credits. And I was like, what? Oh, what is happening? What yeah. is I just I. I don't know. I, I just expected a little bit more. A little unsurprising for a show that loved to lean into naturalism. Yeah. And I gotta say, I love me some John Mulaney. He probably is my favorite stand-up, if I'm being honest. I've seen him live a couple times. Um, nice. I, I sort of didn't love them portraying him as so dickish. And I know that was like probably it turning the fact that we would never expect that from him, him on his head. Like, it's funny to see someone play an exaggerated or, like, a heel version of themselves. But for some reason, with good old John Mullane's, it uh, kind of rubbed up against me. You know, that I don't think bothered me as much as just the unrealistic aspect of somebody saying, look, this was a huge mix-up to begin with. Right. 
which I also feel like they released a little bit too much of the plot in the like next week on. Like I was like, oh, that ended up being the whole episode. I All actually right. didn't watch the next week on the week oh, before. Really? But th- was it like we found out that he was misbooked? Yes. Yeah, that does feel like something you might want to. It's save. like the whole thing. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. I just that's again why I just expected more. I was like, oh, this will be the setup. This will be early and on. Then something will happen. Then yes, and then the main part of the show will happen. I was like, oh no, that was the whole arc. Okay. Yeah, we spent a lot of time like <sighs> waiting around, didn't we? Yeah, and then just the idea of basically looking into this experience and John Mulaney, I think rightfully being kind of pissed off that. This was the scenario that now he doesn't know this person who's about to go up and then saying, you know, this is my public persona. I'm sorry that I got heated. Mm -hmm. Please just acknowledge the apology aspect of this and not the in the moment scenario. And then he just goes on stage and just roasts him. And then John's like, great job, Jeff. Very nice. Let's all go out and have a a delightful meal. And yeah, I just I, I that just it. I didn't believe it. Like, I, I just agree. expected him to, when he shook his hand, like, instead of being like, you're not bad, being like, you're a dead man. Yeah, me too. Let's save that conversation because there are so <laughs> many ways that scene could have gone, and I want to give that its due diligence. Um, when we start the episode, we start by seeing Pete kind of purge himself from Cat. I thought this was a nice sequence. I, this might have been the highlight of the episode, if you think about it in terms of what the show can do. How did you feel about um, this montage, this you know, uh, purging yourself? I liked it. I liked him gathering up all of her stuff and putting it in a box. And then, like, his the comedic aspect of him deciding, should I put this the vibrator in the recycling or in the trash? Like, I, I thought that was, that's the kind of humor that we've seen. Like, mm-hmm. just subtle things that are, like... Not trying to be funny. It's like that single cam joke, you know? It's yeah. not like the multi-cam punchline. It's like the, what can we do with the close-up kind of joke. It's, I, did you ever watch the show Studio 60 on the Sunset Show? No, I love Aaron Sorks, but I never watched that show. I'm a 30 Rock guy. I, oh, I love Who 30 Rock right? too. But, but. I, I absolutely loved that show. Mm-hmm. And there was one line that I think kind of sums up what I had issue with this entire episode is that um, one of the characters, Harriet, is saying, you know, in dress rehearsal, there's this this line that killed where, you know, I asked the, the pass me the salt line and nobody laughed this time. What mm. happened? And he's like, well, this time you asked for the laugh. She's Ooh. like, well, what did I do in dress rehearsal? And he's like, you asked for the salt. Oh, damn. And I'm like, that is just, I think, what fully Whoa. encapsulated this entire episode was yeah. it was like, okay, you're trying too hard for the laughs now. And what has made this show so funny is like that earlier scene, like what gets an audible chuckle is just the daily struggle of like, right. okay, now I'm purging myself of this person that I couldn't really handle. Like, I have no use for this vibrator, but do I recycle it? Like, what's the mm-hmm. good person thing to do in this scenario? I'm trying to Type. listen to you, Elena, but I keep thinking of how good that line is you just said. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin's such a good writer. Isn't it's like, it genius? I know. It resonates with me so much. Anytime it's I'm so doing good. anything in comedy, yeah. I always think about it. Play the truth of the scene. It's funny, I, I know Aaron Sorkin is, like, widely regarded as, like, our best living American writer for the screen, but, like, when you hear lines like that, you're like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. he is. <laughs> it's good. So I'll try you should to watch listen the now. show. I just it's keep good. Like, Damn, that line. <laughs> so but good. doesn't it? Like, it seems like that's what happened. Yeah, I is agree. that because most of this show 
they've asked for the salt. Mm. And so we've played along. We've laughed. Like, yeah. there have been scenarios that were like, okay, that's outlandish. It's very unlikely that, you know, Artie Lang or Sarah Silverman are going to be like, hey, random guy, come crash on my couch. That's right. fine. Like, it's like, okay, this is a TV version of this. But all of the scenarios were very much a realistic depiction of what Pete would do in these situations. Yeah. Whereas I just, I wasn't buying it as much at this episode. I don't, it just, it felt like they were asking for the laugh. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, that's okay. I mean, not every episode is going to be a 10 out of 10. It's just, it hurts a little bit when it's the series yeah. finale. But you know what? A lot of great shows have mass series finales. So in some ways, it's cementing itself among some of the other great comedies that don't go out with the bang you'd hope. But it, it bums take me out because it seems like it was setting up thinking that there would be more. Yeah. And I think if they had known that this was the finale finale, it would have been probably written and played differently. I've heard speculation of potentially a film, which HBO will do. Like, they did a film for Looking, which in some ways... Yeah, I would definitely watch a crashing movie. I mean, in some ways, Looking is sort of the same... Obviously, a very different Target demo, but in some ways, a really similar demo in the fact that it's, like, people who love the sort of, like, mumblecore dramedy version of a half-hour comedy. So, I actually never watched Looking, but I heard it was really good. I like Jonathan Groff. Okay, so let's talk about Pete and John Mulaney's kind of weirdly contentious relationship. Yeah. It was hard for me to see John Mulaney be such a turd. It was weird. I don't know. I Sometimes I get that vibe a little bit from John Mulaney. Do you? Is that he's probably kind of more of an a-hole than he like, really lets on. Like, even just his Saturday Night Live intro and stuff, like... He's kind of a curmudgeon. Like, he's kind of, he jokes that he's like a cranky 70 year old lady. But I don't feel like he's got like th- that. I don't um, think he's malicious. Yeah. He's Mulaney. He's Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Nice. Um, yeah, it just, it felt like it was a little forced too. Like, I felt like the Amy Schumer thing was unnecessarily yeah. mean. Like, I felt like it was just kind of shoehorned in there. Like, yeah. yeah. I sincerely doubt that Amy Schumer just goes up to somebody who. Her friend says, oh, he just broke up with his girlfriend. It's like, well, you know you're going to die alone, right? Ha, ha, ha. Let's all laugh. Right. It's you like, know? Like, it's like, I don't know. I just, it felt like John Mulaney. I think it would have been funnier for me to see Mulaney play, like, anxiety. Like, yeah. what are we, we going to do? You're not good. You're new. Like, there's a way to make it mean so it's not just mean, but it's like, there are people who, when they get stressed out, accidentally say very mean things. Yeah. I think there's an angle there where he's like, I can't have some green no-name comic open my show. No offense, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's something there. I think that's 100% how it should have been played yeah. and how I think they were even trying to play it, yeah. but didn't fully lean in. get there. Yeah. It seemed like, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it was almost like they were focusing too much on the Pete line than on the Mulaney lines to make it really right. work. I don't know. Well, and then, of course, we find out, you know, Mulaney tries to call his friends. I like the name drops here. Little Mike Burbiggs, Chris Gethard, who ends up showing up, um, Greer Barnes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to if there was any other names mentioned. Maybe Nick Kroll. Was he mentioned? No, John Stewart was oh, one. John he was Stewart. like, I know this is a reach. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that's a reach, that man. Is a reach. Like... Even for you, John Mulaney. Um, but none of them can make it in time for the big show. So we got to put Pete on stage and he's going to do his 10 minutes. I almost wish there would have been a way that he would have gotten. Well, like, well, I guess we already signed a contract, so you have to go up. Even if, you know, Chris Gathard, like, again, 
Yeah, I agree with you. This was sort of a tropey version of this plot, and there's a way you could have made the engine of the plot still lead to the same result with some maybe different turns or something. Yeah, like a hundred percent. I think if they had leaned into like a contract aspect of it, yeah. where Vinny's like, and now there's a contract, you know, and just see like that create a Mulaney spiral. Yeah, which would make more sense, <laughs> I think, contract. than just like yeah, than yeah. him just being like. Because then it would be him taking some responsibility, too. Like, he signed it without really looking. Mm. You know? Like, some sort of something. I hear you. Where he was then able to take some blame for himself. Because self-deprecating humor, people are okay with. But just attacking, which is what they try to play it for laughs. I don't know. It didn't necessarily play for me. Um, I will say, once we finally got Pete on stage, I did like his set. His, like, yeah, I did think that it was really funny. But, again, that's the same thing that has been kind of echoed and what was even told to him at the the cellar initially is, like, you can't do generic white guy jokes. It has to be something that is specific to you. It has to be something authentic. And that, I think, was the best advice that I ever got when I started stand-up was... um, Point of view. Not to drop this name here, but uh, Leslie Jones was the first person who kind of mentored me in comedy when I moved out here. Six years ago. That was a long time ago. It happens. Uh, (laughs) I know. I'm I'm coming on my five. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it to go by that fast. But My birthday's in a week, and I'm like, (laughs) I don't like my birthday anymore. Same. Sorry, right. I'll just be low key about it. Oh, Turning well. twenty one, you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every year, just another twenty one. It's yeah. It's like my. Uh, I think it's my seventh twenty first birthday. Not quite. It's like my sixth twenty first birthday. However so. many you need. Yeah. I'm doing the Russian doll after show after this. Nice. So that is again just however many birthdays you need. So <laughs> that lets us know it works. I love it. Um, which actually speaking of the multiple after shows that we do here at After Buzz TV. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh what's really nice about After Buzz is that all of them are organized in a way that makes it extra easy for everybody to find mm. the sci-fi com- comedy, drama, reality, whatever soaps. you want. We got soaps. soaps. Yeah, you can Click on whatever you want to subscribe to, but whichever ones you enjoy, please do subscribe, rate, comment, give us that five stars, that thumbs up, especially on iTunes. We love getting comments on iTunes because we don't get as many on that one. It kind of bumps us up a little bit in the searches so people can find us a little easier as well. Yeah. Um, But just help us continue to be the ESPN of TV talk. Um, And also let us know what you think. Of crashing and of all of the... I know you do The Bachelor. I do. The season finale is tonight. Ah! It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I will say, however you feel about The Bachelor, it has been a <laughs> hell of a season. It's been <laughs> wild. Have you heard about the fence jump? No. I'll keep it quick, but one of the... Like, The the Bachelor, It's. I mean, it's out now. It's not a spoiler. He literally ripped off his love and... Jumped a fence, jumped a ten foot fence, and like production, he got like lost in the Portuguese wilderness, what? and production like couldn't find him. And it's been the thing is they're finally allowing the franchise to break the rules, so it's like truly wild, mind bending appointment television because you're just like I don't know what's gonna happen this commercial break. Oh my god, that's insane! It's like actually pretty good. This is what I want from crashing. I want like <laughs> I want jump. Pete to just like yeah. rip the mic off, climb a fence. Yes. 
jump well, over onto the stage. No, I'm doing my ten. Like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, the surprise we might have wanted to sort of transition back into the show is we both liked his set. I liked that he wasn't afraid to lean into Mulaney being a dick a little bit. It played funny, and the audience liked it too. And it, he, I will say, however you feel about Sweetie Pete Pants Holmes comedy. He has a warmth about him that does make you want to get on his team. So, like, he can call another comic out in a way where you still, you're like, okay, I believe him. Like, this is funny. Like, you know, he's he's not a, he's a warm comic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, like, it's coming from a good place, yeah. which is, and where he's even saying, even when Mulaney is being kind of a dick, is that it's coming from, like, a nicer. Right. He's like, like I, it's coming from a confusion, not just a he's malicious like a, anger. And I, I get it. I you know yeah. that was what was funny about it was it was yeah because again self deprecating comedy right. plays yeah so the fact that he was able to turn it and be like yeah like I'm a nobody and they were like <laughs> he asked for you by name and he's like that checks out like I don't I don't need to verify that like that makes sense Ben Holmes like, well first of all my name's Pete <laughs> yeah he's like I love that with just the long awkward yeah. silence but what's funny to me is I feel like that just made me think very like. Man on the Moon. Like, I was just thinking very Andy Kaufman in that moment. Mm. Like, the. I've never seen Man on the Moon. Really? I know. Andy Kaufman, one of his greatest things is the the Mighty Mouse oh, sketch right. where he just goes and he just stands in silence and then does the one, like, here he comes right. to save the day. And there really is just a humor in prolonged silence. Mm. So for it to be this long beat and then uh, actually it's Pete. That is hilarious. Like, that's yeah. intrinsically funny because that's also an honest moment. Right. Oh, and the reason that I was dropping Leslie's name is because the advice that she gave oh, yes. was to say, if you ever get stuck, if you're just completely bombing on stage, don't try to say something funny. Just say something true. Mm. Say something about yourself that is true that nobody else could say. Wow. And that's nine times out of ten. It works to try to get an audience at least a little bit back on your side is just kind of utilizing that silence and then coming back with some random thing. Have you been in touch with Leslie since the ascent? I've seen her a couple times and I've said hello and she's been very kind, Good. but I'm like, I can tell that she's also like, I don't really know you. Like we're not going to hang. Like, yeah, you but know, I'm but sure like, it's still, there's like, there's two types of like professional obligatoriness with celebrities. There's the one that's truly obligatory. And the other that's like, Hey, it really is great to see you, but I don't have time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but she's still... very, very kind. And Eric, who yeah. also did the the show, is very kind, and I see him as well too. But, Love it. I mean, he's not on SNL, but um, maybe but one that's day. That's how. That's what kind of shoehorned me in. Was like wow. kind of helped me out. But cool. Well, we talked about before we went live that we kind of wish Mulaney's reaction to Pete's honesty on stage rather than to embrace him, would be to just lean in all the way and say, like, you're a dead man, or, like, you've made a huge mistake, you know, with a smile. That's that's what I would think. Like, I mean, especially if they're trying... I mean, I guess that they're like, see, look, he's not really a bad guy. He's really nice. Like, right. he took it in stride. But I don't think that he would have, and yeah. I wouldn't have, if I specifically just gave you instructions and was like, this is what you need to avoid so that you don't even potentially if it was, tank my set. Right, even if it was, like... The next day where he said, hey, I thought back on it. I watched the set. It really was pretty good. In that moment, there's no way he would have the... If, based on the character that the show gave us, whoever Mulaney is in real life, based on the way this guy was written, it was, I had trouble with that turn. Yeah, because I was like, if he's so emotional that he would do those things that he is saying are so negative, 
that, you know, he would call somebody else in front of me and like not even think about how that would affect my emotion. Right. Okay. Well then if you call him out on stage after he just specifically told you not to, he's not going to be like, Oh, hilarious. This is this. I mean, it's not also indicative of who you are as a comedian, really. Right. It's just rehashing the story of what just happened, which yeah. is funny, but you were specifically instructed not to do it. That's the whole thing is up until this point, and I don't want to like get on my feminist rant. That's okay. Again, it's, but, like, it's it's a valuable perspective. When they had Allie like being punished at NACA for not playing by the rules. Yeah. And then they have Pete constantly not playing by the rules and being rewarded for it. It's true. And it just is set up where I'm like, okay, so what is your message here? What are you trying to say? It's a hot take. You know? Like, I that just, it bothers me that it's like, okay, so anything that she does, even though she's already proven herself to work hard. And got and on be, Seth. Yeah, and be incredibly talented and do all of these and accomplish these things. And we've already seen her be kind of knocked down. The very first episode that I was on, on this show was the one where they are on tour and she's forced to still just open oh yeah and i mean we see all of this every single thing that pete does that should have resulted in you know he's like oh my manager i thought was gonna fire me because i quit this tour that i shouldn't have but instead i'm getting mulaney that's so great and i'm like okay but if this was Allie, you wouldn't have written that to be the scenario 100 percent like I'm not going to say you're wrong, Elena. You know, like to me, I'm like, okay, so he breaks the rules and gets rewarded for it. And then again, Mulaney specifically says, these are what you avoid and don't make me sound like a bad guy. And then he goes on stage and does the exact opposite and then gets rewarded for it again. And then goes and does very generic, goes to the cellar, has somebody vouch for him again, goes on stage, does very generic white guy jokes that, again, are not specific to him. That are very forgettable, in my opinion. I feel like the pee in the pool thing was more memorable than what he did this episode. Like, I don't even really remember the joke specifically. Just that they were very generic and I didn't really laugh. And then he's rewarded for that again. That's a good point. Hot takes know. from Elena Jordan. I didn't mind his seller set. I didn't think it was his best, but... I thought, like, for the level of career he's at, it was... You know what, though? It was fine. And like, It was fine. It wasn't, like, career changing. I agree, especially for SD to be watching... You want him to knock it out of the park, but that's okay. I I feel like we're being a little tough on this episode. It's because we yeah. love the show so much. I do really, really love the show, and yeah. I think that's why. Because I also thought that they were going to find some way to wrap up with Kat. And I'm like, no, you just left her as, like, the crazy ex-girlfriend yeah. trope that I despise. So, Well, how do we feel about the fact that we end the final moments of this whole show are a reconciled relationship with good old Jamie Lee? <sighs> I agree. I did not want that to happen. I didn't mind that it happened. It feels a little weird that it's the final moment of the series. It just, it it felt, again, very tropey. Like, yeah. I, I hate to keep going back to that word, but it just seemed like, okay, you couldn't have set up where they could just be friends. It's like, you have to conveniently write in, oh, I broke up with Ted because he was absolutely perfect in all the wrong ways. Like, the most stereotypical, like... Right. You're a broken guy and that's better for me type deal, which I'm like, not better for her. Like, Pete is not better for Ellie. Right. He's not mature enough to date. No, like, this isn't good for her at all. She just did late night. Like, what are you doing? Why are you regressing back to this dude? Yeah. And then on top of that, like, I like that they were trying to say that kind of, you know, if you're going to call Kat crazy, 
for thinking this, that you're going to be getting back together with your ex-girlfriend, and then you immediately go and get back together with your ex-girlfriend. But I agree. you're still playing her as, like, there's something wrong with her for... You're right. It's like the the season was painting them getting back together as a huge mistake. So for them to have the final... Or, like, a hugely... Like, for him to be in denial with Kat, it kind of makes both of them look like garbage people a little bit that they got back together yeah. right away and i just don't feel like i needed it i don't feel like i don't in some shows the will they won't they so satisfying like are you a friends fan yeah so how do you feel about friends when rachel comes back in and says i got off the plane and runs up and hugs ross everyone in america wept you do know you know the meanest thing that has probably ever happened to me in my entire life i'm ready someone's i was me. on my way to a watching party for friends Ooh. and i was late because I was coming back from, like, this was way back. I mean, like, from class or something. And I was like, okay. They they just did the whole, like, phone call thing. Like, I don't know if she's going to get off the plane. Like, I'm just going to I'm gonna drive there. And hopefully I get there before commercials are over. You know, whatever. I get there. And my friend opens the door. And he's like, oh, my God, did you see? And I was like, what? And they're like, she didn't get off the plane. And the plane <sighs> crashed. And Rachel died. And it was this. And I was like, what? And I like lost it, like thinking that friends like killed off Rachel because she like wasn't with Ross. And he was like, I'm just messing with you. Meanest thing that anybody has ever done. Insanity. But that's what I'm saying is that show (laughs) planted the seeds for us to want that. I'm not sure this show really worked hard to make me like yearn for. In fact, I almost feel like it planted the seeds for me to love them as a platonic friendship. Like, I feel like this show is validating the fact that professionals can really respect each other and not have to be together. That's really what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think both of us were. And I think, yeah, and I think it would have been a much stronger choice and would have been way better overall. And just the way that they, like, when he just kisses her out of nowhere, I'm like, I thought she was going to slap him, and she really should have. And that that should have been like, yeah, like, I don't... And the fact that we've been talking about how he keeps making these poor career choices to chase after women, like standing up the rabbi. Now, John Mulaney and friggin' Greer Barnes and, like, all... Chris Gethard. Yeah, are saying, hey, do you want to come get food with us? And he's like, nah, I'm going to go randomly kiss my ex-girlfriend, even (laughs) though we've had no previous conversation about it, and... I have to agree. Guys, if we're being too shady, I don't know. Please disagree in the comments. One thing I've loved is the last four we have this army of people who are like joining our conversation, which we truly do earnestly love. There are some podcasts you listen to and they're like, you know, send us a tweet and they're not gonna get back. They don't they just say it obligatorily. We, we wanna really, know. We wanna know. So if you guys hop in the comments, we will definitely read them and uh respond. So let us know your thoughts. If we're being if we're being curmudgeon farts. Let us know because you might have loved the episode. And I that'd mean, be great if you did, truly. Because I want I wanted to love this episode. So it just to me it seemed like it was too shiny. A little too shiny. Yeah. And because that's not what we've seen in like like that's not why we like this show. Like we don't love it for Pete's shiny life. We like it for all of these weird, unconventional twists and turns. Like I mean the yeah. fact that his ex wife and Leaf were his guests for John Mullaney, it's like that in itself lended itself liked to that. like it lended itself to so much more comedy. I mean, I agree. I liked it. it was an untapped, but yeah. And I was like, oh, even when Mulaney came over and they talked, like they didn't address that relationship at all. Like there was so much there that I felt could have been tapped into that would have been hilarious. It would have been funny if John was like, so how did you? Two, or if John was like, so how did you two meet? And they're just like, there's such a joke there, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Pete and I used to be together, but then the two of us. 
we're all friends, like something like yeah. that. <laughs> we used to be roommates, well, yeah. but it was after there was it. Was, yeah, you know, like yeah. there's there's so much. There's there a joke that... there. You're right. Get us in that writer's room, yo. <laughs> um, it's it's all good though. The reason we have these criticisms is because this show has been so special over these last so three great. seasons. And again, some of you guys might have loved this episode, and if you did, please let us know. The one moment I loved though was when Pete finally got a seat at the table. Yeah, we could have ended there. I think. Yeah. I think that would have been... Because that's kind of been like the running gag all series. And it's like, to me, it's an appropriate level of fame for him right now. Like, I like the idea, like, even if it just means sitting at the table at the Comedy Cellar, it's, the show does a good job of making the small things feel big. And to me, that's an example of a small thing with much greater implications. And that could have been how he wrapped the series. I would have loved that, honestly. Well. Because it's like, I want to see him... I really wanted to see if they're going to make him pick one or the other, a dynamic like a relationship or his comedy career. I would have liked to see him be more career focused at the end and really focusing on this objective that he's been working towards. Yeah. And yeah, have it end with him at the table. Like that I think is a perfect way to end it. We didn't need the kiss, we didn't need any of that. Like right. even just the text. Yeah. Like, and then maybe just one that's like, hey, do you want to meet up tomorrow? And then just like a smile. For sure. Like, you want to meet tonight? Not tonight. Or something like yeah. that. I don't know. It's all good. We love this know. show. And I want to hear what you guys thought of this episode overall. I want to real quick just take three, four minutes and kind of talk about this series. Because this is the series finale. Um, what did you think? I mean, you are you have become a new Crashing fan. What did you? Yeah. What do you think makes this series special? When you think about its legacy on HBO... What stands out to you? And maybe, a, and then maybe also a moment that you would pick from the show to... Oh, put me on the spot. Put me on it's the hard spot. to pick one moment. If you want, I can first it, if you want, if you okay, want Okay, you go first. You go first. I think this show... I talked about it a lot, but I think it took a very open-minded approach towards religion. We've had a lot of stand-up comedy shows on TV, and I think this show brought some new discussions around what it means to be a stand-up, but... To specifically sort of have an open-minded conversation around evangelical Protestantism, I feel like especially sort of like that acoustic guitar playing hands-up Christianity gets a really sort of narrow portrayal on television, and one that I often laugh at because I grew up in this environment. But to see a sort of nuanced and complicated look at like sort of what the modern evangelical Christian looks like was really interesting and something I truly hadn't seen much on television before. So I'm going to applaud Crashing for that. And a moment for me would have to be that baptism episode. Oh, yeah. It's, like, really interesting. I did love that. I yeah. love that. And, yeah, I think you're you're right that this definitely is a fresh take because I feel like most religion, whenever it's incorporated into a show, is kind of used as a punchline. Especially in a comedy. In, in a comedy, yeah, especially. Yeah. And, I mean, for a stand-up show... Especially, I mean, they could have definitely gone into using it as a punchline mm -hmm. on multiple episodes and multiple situations and yeah. never did. And I do really respect that. I think that's pretty cool. Cool. Um, I do like, too, that they were willing to kind of broach the women in comedy aspect, mm -hmm. even if ultimately kind of how I feel about the finale is that... It retconned it a little bit. It did retcon a little bit. Yeah. But overall, I feel like it's been showing a pretty true-to-life arc with all of the female characters, mm. really, and showing multifaceted female characters that can be strong characters in that they don't always make the best choice. Mm. Because the strongest female characters aren't necessarily the stereotype of... 
you know, the perfect idealized woman. It's somebody who can make realistic choices. Yeah. And still be a character that we genuinely care about. And I feel like we have that with the majority of the female characters that we've cool. seen on this show. It's nice to hear. So um, I, I liked it a lot. A specific moment. I mean, I kind of going off of that. Allie putting Don in his, Don in his place mm. in the parking lot was, you know, that one was too just because the acting was so brilliant and yeah. just the heartache that you see in him and this multifaceted, you know, there is no good guy, bad guy scenario. There's just broken people who can either lash out at others or try to help. And I I thought that this was just played really, really well. And they've had so many moments this series that were absolutely perfectly acted, perfectly written. And directed. And directed. Just everything came together absolutely perfectly. Well said. Yeah, that was a really special episode. Yeah. That's like one that will really beautifully paint the legacy of this show, I think. So we love everyone over at Crashing. Pete, you've been on the show before, and we love you very much. And um, you really did... Craft and create something that was not only a great show, but I think a really special show. So, um, yeah. Let's get it. That being said, let's get into some news. After Buzz TV News. So, as we've been discussing, the show was sadly not picked up for season four by HBO. Uh. But I have been hearing rumblings of a movie. Do we think a crashing movie would work? I would be into it. I, I would think too. that, yeah, I would watch that. I'd watch a crashing movie. I, what would you want to see? I would want to see more resolution. I don't want Allie and Pete to be together, and I want them to be okay not being together. Mm -hmm. So I would want to see them basically breaking up almost immediately after we see this, like, kiss scenario. Even if they, like, laugh or whatever, and then, like, they talk about, like, oh, we kiss, and then we just cracked up because it was so ludicrous that that would even be a thing, and then we immediately were friends. You know, like... I think that'd be... Yeah, I agree. I would I would like that, like, just something where he's not even focused so much on a relationship and we see him grow more as a comedian and kind of work a little bit harder for things instead of just, like, oh, that's cool that this awesome thing fell right. into my lap. Like, Well, what I'd be really interested to see is, like, if they do a movie, you know, you need, like, a self-contained story. Yeah. And I'd be really interested to see Pete really mess up on stage, really do something almost irredeemable to watch the comic's redemptive journey because, like, we're at a point right now where I think there's a version of Louis C.K. that could redeem himself, but he's so actively refusing to do that. And I think it'd be interesting to see the show tackle that. I don't know if that would be a Pete... I I, I don't see Pete's character doing something on stage that would be so irredeemable, but... I think, like, the comic's journey post-huge blunder is a really interesting thing to explore. So I'd... I think that would be really, really good. I feel like because he wouldn't want people to misassociate the fictionalized version with himself. Mm-hmm. If they did that, it would probably be a fictional comic again. Yeah. So I don't think that they would go for his character necessarily. They might not. You know? But, but maybe his best. Maybe, maybe Jamie. Maybe Allie or something. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, if, if a crashing movie happens, we'd be interested to see it. The last news I want to go over is just the New York Times wrote up kind of a nice summation of the show. Um, the article is titled, For Crashing, the Third Season Was the Charm, Also the End, which is interesting. And it just had some nice kind of retrospective looks on the show. In particular, what we've been talking about with this episode with Dove Davidoff's character kind of going off the rails... Significantly, the show began to explore the implications of Pete's maleness and whiteness in the current cultural climate, perhaps not with great depth, but with the nuance and resistance to tidy lessons that some hipper productions could emulate. 
Um, another thing I want to talk about, they talked about Kat this season and Madeline Wise's performance. Mm-hmm. And because we had Madeline on the show, I'd love to just kind of shout her out. The daring move, especially this season, though, was the new girlfriend, who was a lanky, striking, high-strung, and highly sexual ball of fire played with utter conviction by Madeline Wise. Here was another show where the schlub gets the woman who's out of his league, but again, Crashing took it head-on. Pete really was out of his league, emotionally at least, and when the relationship flamed out, he slunk away from the whole—he slunk away from the whole clammy, depressing mess. He slunk away, I see. Yeah. So it's true. I, I think like the show didn't demand that Pete exits with class and grace. Rather, he kind of exits with immature brokenness. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they did kind of twist the knife a little bit with the Amy Schumer kind of tag at the end there. But I did think that was, you know, a very realistic yeah. conversation with I Kat's character. I've just loved yeah pretty much throughout but really interesting yeah but just to have that conversation her like closure conversation i liked it me too um and i guess guys with that we're done that was crashing that our closure conversation that's our closure conversation elaine and i are never going to talk again unfortunately yeah the end this This is it and um in 10 years you're gonna realize you made a huge mistake mistake. and i'm gonna realize i dodged a bullet Nice callback. Thank you. Guys, this has been the Crashing After Show here on After Buzz TV. We thank you so much for tuning along with us. A really special show on HBO that had a great three seasons. And you know what? Three seasons is a good run. You know, it's not ten seasons, but the show gave us 24 great episodes of television. We thank you for that. We thank HBO for that. I'm going to try something, and I'm going to reach out to Pete's people and see if he'd want to do a series recap with us. So this might not be the end. If we can get some of the cast in to discuss the show, that could be kind of cool. So maybe stay tuned, and if you want to see it, you should go ahead and tweet if not, Pete. I'll reach out to Ben Holmes and we'll see yes. if we can get him on the show. Nice. So. Guys, my <laughs> name is Jeff Graham. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Jeffrey C. Graham. I host other stuff here, particularly at the small Venn diagram intersection of Bachelor fans who are listening. You can catch me tonight for the season finale at 8 p.m. here at the network. Alina, what about you? I am definitely going to be watching you recapping The it's Bachelor. Good. Even if I don't watch The Bachelor, I'm just going to watch that recap. We've I'm got fun it. on the after show. <laughs> I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And tonight we'll be doing the uh, finale of Russian Doll oh, nice. as well. Lots of finales going Probably on Probably a wider contingency of mutual fans yeah. of Russian Doll. So you should check that out. <laughs> and guys, once again, thanks so much. Hop in those comments. Give us five stars on Twitter. And we'll see you soon. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 